Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things health, wellness, self-care, and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 20 of the Live Your Fuckest Life podcast. How are you? Holy shit, you guys. Episode 20. I feel like we just got here with a snap of fingers. It's been crazy, an amazing ride. And I am so, holy shit, like butterflies in my stomach, (laughs) sweaty palms, excited to introduce you to today's incredible guest um, who is arguably been one of the biggest inspirations for my personal life since I can remember the last three years at the very least. And I know that she is going to do the same for you and that this conversation is going to implode your brains. Uh, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, But before I officially dig into that, I want to share with you guys some announcements. Um, So first of all, I am really, really excited. As most of you know, um, if you've been listening to the pod for a while, you know that I am a health and fitness coach and I run programs to help women ditch the diet and find joy in fitness and live a fuck yes life. And it's amazing. Um, And I have been talking to a lot of you guys about how I can really serve you. And a lot of you have been grabbing and snagging my Busy Babes Guide to Healthy Living ebook from my website. Um, but even that is an investment. It's, you know, it's only $14.99 US. So if you haven't already snagged that, um, hop over to the shop section of my website um, and I'll post it in the link in the show notes as well. Um, but it's really, really just such a great tool and a super easy, quick resource um, for you to be able to start your journey. But I wanted to be able to appeal to the masses and really, really help every single one of you guys, no matter where you are in your journey and do something for you. Because I love these podcasts, um, but I want to make sure that I am also showing up for you guys in ways that you have asked. And a lot of you guys have been reaching out and asking for really specific stuff, um, specific topics that you want me to dig into. And because of that, I have created a free seven-day training. Um, So today um, that you are hearing this, if you are hearing this on the actual day of recording or when it's coming out, it's June 7th, Thursday, June 7th. Um, And next week, on Wednesday, June 13th, so halfway through the month, is when this is launching. And it is a free training, um, a seven-day training, all about um, allowing you to show up um, for the most um, confident and mindful you. So every single day, um, you will get an email into your inbox and it will pop up and share with you a tool that I use in my own personal life and that you guys have been asking for for specific topics and things um, that will really allow you to change the game for yourself. Um, There's also going to be a fun giveaway at the end um, for one of you lucky, lucky challengers training, whatever. Um, And I'm really excited to dive in with you guys. It's going to be so fun. We're all going to be doing this together um, in our Facebook community group as well. Um, And that's where the giveaway stuff will take place. But definitely make sure that you um, sign up for the links um, and everything because that's how you'll be getting the videos and all the daily challenges via Uh, um, the link in the show notes. Um, 
and you can just click on that either if you're on your web, um, you can go like on the um, the link on the show notes or www.amandacatherineloy, Catherine with a K, dot com forward slash podcast forward slash 20. And then just scroll down and then it'll be right there. Or if you're listening to this on your phone, fun fact, um, most podcast apps, you can just kind of slide over and you can see all of the show notes links there. So um, make sure you hop on the list and um, we will be starting that, like I said, on Wednesday the 13th. Um, so be sure you do it before then because this is not going to happen again. So if you've missed the boat and are listening to this too late, I am sorry, but hopefully um, you will get to participate in a future training um, because I am thinking I'm going to be running more of these. I'm, we'll see how this one goes, um, but I'm really excited about it and I've put a lot of my heart into it and I really hope you guys love it as much as I do. So that is the first announcement. Oh yeah, you guys singing for you. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's really all I got for you guys. Um, I just really want to dive right in to today's episode because it is seriously so incredible. This woman, oh my gosh. Um, I have been following Amy E. Smith for three years, or you might know her as the Joy Junkie. And you will just see, um, we talk about this on this episode, um, but she just is one of the most incredible women and doing so much incredible work for women in this world and couples in this world. Um, and she is a certified confidence coach. She's also a speaker and a personal empowerment expert. She's the founder of thejoyjunkie.com. And Amy uses her roles as coach, writer, podcaster, and speaker to move individuals to a place of radical personal empowerment and self-love. She focuses on helping people find their voice, and she is highly sought after for her uncommon style of irreverence, wisdom, and humor, and has been featured par- expert on Fox 5 San Diego and YourTango.com. And we talk on today's episode about a lot of things that I know I really struggled with and continue to work on um, on the day today. Um, but I know a lot of you guys have expressed that it's been a really big struggle to deal with, you know, communicating with your family or struggling because you're a people pleaser by nature and you really, really love to put everyone in front of you and struggle with, with the idea of self-care or how to even navigate that. Um, and we talk about all of that um, on today's episode. Um, and she also talks about how she got started um, because she did not have a traditional trajectory at all. Um, and her story of how it all happens is so juicy. Um, we also talk about dealing with guilt and how to navigate that um, and how to say no um, without being an asshole <laughs> um, and, um, and really how to move away in a po- positive and powerful way from our people-pleasing and perfectionism tendencies, which so many of us are, are really, really are like we're type A. I know, I know you girl. Um, and and it's, it's a struggle every day. And I really think that this episode is going to change the game for you. She shares tangible tools and what to say and how to navigate. So make sure you listen to the very end 
there are at the very end a couple of weird um like sound things happening i'm not really sure what happened um with the technology um but something got crazy and i just didn't want to leave that out for you guys because what she was saying is so important so just bear with us shiz happens this is real life um but i'm so excited um to just dive into this conversation with you guys and make sure that you share today's your takeaways about everything um you can either post on on instagram and tag live your fuckiest life um and we'll shout you out on the pod um or or you can again write a review i love seeing reviews on itunes um but also um you know reach out in our facebook community and share about this this episode and and what your biggest takeaways were um i know that i personally um am in there all the time answering your guys's questions and a lot of our guests come in there as well so um i just think it'd be really it's really fun to just hear all your conversations and and see different perspectives from this conversation as well so i can't wait to chat with you guys all about today's episode and without further Further ado, here we go. Hey, Amy, welcome to the podcast. Woo, I'm so excited to, to hang out. <laughs> Me too, girlfriend. So, you guys, Amy and I've been talking, obviously, you know, without you guys in here. So now you get to finally listen. But um, for those of you who don't know Amy E. Smith, get ready to like have your <laughs> life changed. <laughs> I just basically spent like the last five minutes telling Amy how much she's changed my life, and um, you guys are gonna have your lives changed too if you don't already know who she is. Um, and so, for those of you who don't know, um, Amy, I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself and share. So this podcast is all about like going through the, the quarter life crises and I know you have been through many and yes. your story I just think is so, so powerful and one that really touched my heart and made me feel so much less alone when I heard you share it. So if you could just yeah. start by sharing kind of how you've gotten to where you're at and um, the crap that you had to go through to get there, I guess. Oh, Wow. So I think my quarter life crisis could kind of be summed up with two massive pieces of my life. One was dealing with my father's death and the heavy, heavy influence and dogma of the kind of born again Christian family that I grew up in. So there was this whole element of finding my authentic voice. Who am I really mm-hmm. grappling with guilt and fear? So that's one sort of incident. And then And both of these happened kind of in my mid twenties. So the other huge piece was realizing that the career that I thought I was going to kind of die doing Mm -hmm. no longer served me. And that also became a huge piece about following, following intuition, really listening to my heart, not just doing what everybody expected of me or, you know, checking off the boxes of Mm. big girl job and things Mm -hmm. like that. So those are the two that I talk about all the time. Is there one in particular that you're like, talk about this? Yeah. Talk about the Kelly Clarkson moment. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So a little bit of context when I was, gosh, I think I was probably 22 ish. I started working for a prestige makeup brand and I kind of climbed up the ranks very quickly because I wasn't fucking around. (laughs) And I was like, all right, I'm going to take over this company. So I had a very smooth trajectory kind of lined up for me. And so I climbed up the ranks and I had a corporate training position. Yeah. You know, I was probably 24 by the time that happened. And so I had a fancy company car and I was traveling all over the world and I had an assistant and all of these things by so many standards would have looked like 
okay, you're doing pretty damn good for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was commuting a lot in that stupid company car. I hated it so much. (laughs) It was such a symbol of, you know, I felt like it was somebody trying to buy my love essentially Mm. where like, let me give you all of these fancy things, but we still are going to need you to work like 60 hours a week. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I just want time off, you know? And so it was kind of dying a slow death. And I remember very poignantly, there was a moment where I was driving home from one of my locations and I always, always, always was multitasking. And so I would be communicating with all of my stores and my managers and talking to them on voicemail while, while I drove. Mm-hmm. And I remember I hit this moment where I was like, oh, I'm so burnt out from my day. It's, it's really exhausting to pretend that lipstick is that fucking serious sometimes. <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> Which color do I choose now? <laughs> well, and just spreadsheets and sell through yeah. and like all, and I just kind of went, you guys, but it's mm. business. It's corporate America. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I kind of thought, you know what? I'm going to listen to music. And so I'm list- I turn on my radio and it's Kelly Clarkson's breakaway. And all of a sudden it sort of became this metaphor for my life mm. because obviously the song is like, you know, I'm going to spread my wings and fly away. I'm not going to do it, especially because you have musical Sing theater. Rock rock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you better sing it on the spot. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, and then I started realizing in that moment, not only was it poignant about needing to spread my wings and fly away from this job, but it was the first time in years that I had actually just listened to music in my car. Mm. Just a simple pleasure of listening to music had gone out the window because Mm. I was always working, working, working. And it was for somebody else's vision and dream. Mm. So I remember just crying my eyes out and I've got, you know, like false lashes sliding down my face, rivers through my blush. And I'm like, (laughs) break away, you know, just kind of realizing where I was at at that, at that point. I remember I went home and I really, I kind of looked like the Joker, right? And I had I held up my fingers like I was kind of pinching something. And I told my husband, I am this close to completely mm. losing myself. Because he was like, good God, what the fuck happened yeah. to you? you know, like, you what's okay? happening? <laughs> and that really was the, the catalyst. That was kind of the breaking point of, I can't continue this path. Mm. And I didn't know exactly what that meant, but it really became a moment of, I can't be staying up till 11, 12 o'clock at night working on spreadsheets about lipstick sales. And I can't be so consumed about my next level of career. And I can't be constantly comparing myself to everybody else in the industry, thinking that they're so much better than me. Right. And and really what it came down to is I recognized that my relationships were not stronger. My health Mm -hmm. wasn't better. Mm -hmm. I was not connected with my husband as much as I am now. There were so many things that were suffering because I had wrapped up my entire identity into my career. Right. And I felt like I had something to prove. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really common stance kind of in your twenties. Like you can't, if you've actually gone through academia and the collegiate system, 
and you're not in college anymore. Like now you got to fucking be an adult. Yeah. What's that? Hashtag adulting. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like the reason I love this story so much is because it's one that highly resonates with my own story and, mm-hmm. and what I know so many other people can, can probably relate to. I'm sure everyone that's listening right now is like, yep, I've had a breakdown moment listening to a song in my car before. And, mm-hmm. and I think like, I think having that, that mount, that low, low moment where you're like, I can't, like, I physically can't do this anymore. Um, is something that hearing you say that made me realize that that moment that I had had for myself was okay. And that I wasn't the only person that was, that had ever experienced that because I feel like nobody talks about, you know, you talk about the, all the good shit, right? You're talking about what's going well in your life. And of course, like you, it looked on the outside, like you were probably living this epic as fuck life, right? Like had this killer job, like was driving this awesome car, like married, you know, to the man of your dreams, all this stuff. But it's like, you don't see the other side and we don't talk about the other side. And and I just think it's so, it's so relatable because that is more common than like this face that we put on. And I just, I want to just honor you for sharing that and, and being so, so open with sharing that part of your, of your story, because I think it's so fucking relatable. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. And that song too, like breakaway. Oh, Kelly Clarkson though. She just knows how to, how to do it. She really does. (laughs) Yeah. It it really was so metaphorical at the time for me. And, And I think you're absolutely right. I think we, we show our highlight reel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's extremely prevalent even with social media, right? Like nobody says, hi guys, I feel super unattractive to my husband and our sex life sucks. Or, you know, I, I look in the mirror and pick my body apart, Mm -hmm. or I've always lived in my sister's shadow. Nobody does that. We go, look at how awesome my bikini pictures are at the beach in my Hawaiian vacation. Like we don't show our real self. In Mm -hmm. fact, I remember not too long ago, I had listened to a, I can't remember what it was, if it was a podcast or an article about how children these days, and um, a lot of millennials too can probably relate to having two separate adolescencies where you have to maintain who you are in your real life Mm. and then who you are online. That's so fascinating. I have never thought about that before because I guess for me, everything I I share online and on this podcast, like that's just that's just me, you know, I'm just, I'm real as fuck. And that's just who I am. But I have never thought about that because social media has become this huge presence that, that younger kids are feeling like they have to have these personas almost. It's like you're an actor in your real life. That's so bizarre. Yeah. And how you could have a total dichotomous upbringing where maybe you're super popular in your circle online, but you're radically bullied in your real life, you know, Mm. or vice versa. And how detrimental that is to our own identity. Yeah. Anyway. Well, how do you even like know? Oh my gosh, crazy. I feel like my mind was just like fucked. (laughs) I'm thinking (laughs) about that. That's so crazy because I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how you would be able to form yourself as a person, especially if you're dealing with that as a young adolescent. I mean, I had to deal with enough bullshit as a, you know, like preteen trying to figure out my body confidence crap and all of that. Like I can't imagine having to add, 
you know, all of the, the extra persona aspect on top of it. That's so bizarre. Yeah. It's a different world we've got going on here. I know. I know. But, you know, in the same vein, I also feel like social media has has allowed me, you know, it's like I would have never known about you or connected with mm-hmm. all of my incredible listeners if it hadn't been for, for, for that and for that opportunity. So it's, it's such a dichotomous yeah. experience, but I try to really focus on what it has brought to my life versus what it's going wrong <laughs> because otherwise totally. I go down. It's like the, you guys know, I don't, I don't, I won't, we won't get into politics too strongly, but, um, it's like going, <laughs> going on the news. I'm like, I can't do it right now. I just physically will not put myself in that position. Like I'm, I'm all about being educated, but I also, I'm not about putting myself in a situation where I want to kill myself and watching right? the news makes me want to do that. So <laughs> I'm just like, Absolutely. I'm not, not going to do that. All right. Um, Awesome. I, I, I think that you're, I think that that part of your story is so incredible. And so now obviously you are doing something very, very different. So can you kind of fill the, the listeners in on, on wh- what that journey and that low mem- moment kind of took you to and, and what you're doing today? Sure. Well, at the time, you know, obviously I said I had like such a breakdown and I obviously was talking about it a lot with my partner and he felt very strongly that I needed to look into life coaching. Mm -hmm. So I was, I came home one day and he was like, babe, babe, I heard about this career on, on the radio today. And you, it's what you've been doing your whole life. You have to look into it. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, Oh, it's called a life coach. And I seriously think it was like Ryan Seacrest or something. (laughs) And who I did makeup on, by the way, shut up. I know. Fun fact. Yeah. Oh and my God. Of course many, you did. Many ago. And, and he was so convinced that this was the next path for me that he actually sent away for some coaching school information. And I ended up doing a workshop and really kind of fell in love with the whole personal development arena. And that was really the, the genesis of me getting involved in the personal growth or self-help mm-hmm. world. And that original school rejected me from going to their program because they thought that I was too young Mm. and inexperienced. And they had a lot more focus on corporate coaching, Mm. which I had no interest in doing. (laughs) None. And I really wanted to work in the realm of relationships, you know, in the Mm. early, in the early days. And I was, devastated that they wouldn't accept me. And I kind of felt like that had been a through line throughout my life where people would always say, you're too young. I mean, I got married when I was Mm -hmm. 20 and, you know, it was just kind of an old soul in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. This is why another reason why I love you. (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) Man. And that was, so that was a kind of a, a devastation that I went through and but that I was so grateful for it because it led me to the coaching school that I ended up going to. And they just literally and figuratively embraced me with open arms. Mm. And that idea of being too young would not have even crossed their ideology, you know, like that's just not how they operated. So that's the coaching training Institute, by the way, if anybody is interested. I was just about to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure their site is thecoaches.com, but I still advocate for them. I think they have one of the most comprehensive programs. And it, it just even going through it, like when I originally went through it, I thought, 
oh, cool, this is my next career, and I'm going to be able to help a bunch of people. And it cracked me wide open. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's when I grew Mm -hmm. substantially and kind of went, oh, that voice in my head is made up by me? What? What? Okay. (laughs) Cracked me wide open. Yeah. And so now you're you're full-time life coaching. Full-time, yeah. I've been... Gosh, maybe two full times jobs. <laughs> um, probably, I think I officially left my side gig of like I, I resigned out of that higher profile position and was uh, an artist at one of the the pro locations for the company. Mm-hmm. And I just gradually kept stepping down in hours, down in hours, down in mm-hmm. hours, until finally I had to make that leap of can I substitute that income through my coaching practice. And so that was great. And I did, and that was probably in 2011. So, but I've been doing this for a good 10 years. Yeah. So awesome. And so have you always, cause I know obviously a big part of what you, your pillars tend, you know, tend to be like focus on relationships and, you know, the way you speak to yourself is a big part of what you do. Like, has that always been have those, those things always been your, your crux, like from the beginning, or did it kind of evolve as you, as your 10, 10 year journey evolved as well? And like, where are you at? Where did you start really focusing on? And like, what do you feel like is really where your, your meat and potatoes are right now? So the chronology of the joy junkie, okay, this is funny because this is not like what people usually talk to me about. So this is fun. I started off feeling very, very confident that what I wanted to talk about was romantic partnerships, intimate relationships, in particular, how to make marriage work, Mm -hmm. not dating, not singles, none of that kind of stuff, but really looking at what are the fundamentals that actually make relationships successful. That was where I focused up until 2015, I think. Mm -hmm. And Essentially, kind of from the very beginning all the way up until 2015, I did not get any good sound advice. I, let me let me rephrase that. I did not invest in any type of business coach or anybody to get my shit straight about how to properly market or mm-hmm. put forth a message that really resonated with the people I was trying to reach. I was 100% passion. Mm-hmm. I thought if I'm just passionate about this stuff and have zero strategy, it'll just naturally unfold. And it didn't. It absolutely did not. And so now I still feel, I feel very, very passionate and confident that you need both elements. In fact, one of my colleagues calls it dream plus do, right? Like Mm. you have to dream about it. You have to have all the vision and the passion, but you also have to have the do part, the strategy. I love that. That was one of the things that I kind of realized right around 2015. And I went back to the basics. I went back through all the classes I had ever taught. I went back through all the intake work that I had from all my clients to look at what are people asking for? What do they want? And I looked at that piece also paired with what do I love talking about? Like, what do I get jazzed up about the most? Mm -hmm. And through that process, like going back to basics, rebuilding, like who my ideal person was that I wanted to serve. I came to the realization that my superpower is around all things, boundaries, standing up for yourself, communication, being able to say no, Mm -hmm. really, truly speaking up for yourself. Yeah. And 
that was one of, I really also accredit that to my mastermind and my best friend who at the time told me, she's, she said, it's not just your ability to help people find their voice. You're incredibly skilled at how to use it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is the, the actual words to say, like, how do you tell your mother-in-law to back the fuck off yeah. without being a total bitch? Yeah. How do you ask for a divorce? How do you ask your, uh, you know, your adult children to move out of the house? Like all of those things, like what are the actual words to say? Mm. And that really has been what I've cultivated over the last three years or so. And I love it far more, far more. And now I'm starting to dig in a little bit back into the relationship arena, yeah. but it's all around communication, relationship communication. I'm not interested in talking about your sex life. I mean, it'll happen, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in talking about how the fuck to get through to one another. Mm. And and so that that has been the through line now is all things communication. Yeah. And I must have found you right when you were going through that transition because you you spoke to my heart, girl. Like oh. it made it made clearly made such a such a shift in like in what you were doing too. Cause I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like I need I need to be able to speak to myself and not be a total dick to myself. And I think I the first the very first thing I downloaded was your ebook, How to Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick. And mm. you guys all should grab a copy, go to her website. All the stuff will be in the show notes. But like for real, it changed the way that I saw what I could do for myself because I think we have this notion that self-care is about bubble baths and treating Mm -hmm. yourself with a cupcake and don't get me wrong I'm all about all those things but I think that what you really opened up to my heart was that self-care has nothing to do with external shit and everything to do with internal shit and the way we speak to ourselves so um okay so 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 going off of that I know that like talking about boundaries and stuff is a big part of that. And, and, and specifically saying no is something that my listeners really struggle with. Um, we are overachieving people pleasing types. <laughs> and yep. it is very, very hard for us to, to especially to go, go out of our way, to not go out of our way for other people. Um, and, and we always tend to put ourselves last. So what would you say are some of your like three go-to ways to shift that dialogue in your, in our head or just shift that, that path so that we can start pouring into ourselves and, and so, and realize it's not a selfish thing to do, but totally needed (laughs) for ourselves. Yeah. Okay. So this is, this is really meaty. So first of all, what I would do, and this is just typically semantics is I would no longer identify yourself as I am a people pleaser or I am a perfectionist. I think that this piece is huge because the Mm -hmm. words I am become a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you identify as I am controlling, I am jealous, I am a people pleaser, congratulations, you are now branded as that and you're going to gather evidence to support that. You're going to notice all of the situations where you feel like you can't say no, or mm-hmm. you have to overextend yourself for your best friend or your neighbor or your mom. You live into that identity. So what to do instead? I highly suggest calling yourself something like, I'm a recovering people pleaser, mm-hmm. or I am a perfect perfectionist in remission, or I, love I, that one. <laughs> I am trying to relinquish my people pleasing tendencies. Mm-hmm. But for the love of God, stop identifying with shit that is not empowering to you. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's huge. I think that's a huge piece. The other thing is I have a, a statement that I say all the time. I'm sure you're quite familiar with it, but it is, it is an ideology. It's a concept. So for those of you listening, I would love for you to just to entertain the idea of what if I really believed this statement? And it is this, you are responsible for your intention, not your reception. So as you were talking about, Amanda, we gauge a lot of our self-worth in our receptivity. If somebody likes us, if they approve of us, we go, okay, that must mean I'm valuable. That must mean I'm worthy. Mm -hmm. And conversely, if somebody does not approve of us or if they are critical or if they break up with us or decline the job that we thought we wanted, then we go, oh, therefore I must not be valuable. I must not be a worthwhile human. Mm. And so what we do is we now twist and contort to all of the possible ways in which we can be received. So I know you mentioned politics just a second ago. I, I have a very similar situation that I think kind of drives this point home. Mm -hmm. So at the point of the election, I did a kind of polarized topic around dealing with the Trump presidency. Now the entire podcast was all around really showing up in a powerful way. It was not disparaging to any particular candidate. Yeah. It was, you know, I mean, I'm sure you heard it, right? And it was really truly about how do we, how do we actually converse about polarizing topics mm -hmm. and do so from a place of grace and kindness, yeah. right? So I do this podcast. Now, I was really happy with it. I felt really powerful about it. And then the reception, however, was all across the board. Mm -hmm. So I had some people who actually didn't listen to it, but because of the moniker, mm -hmm. because of the title, they went, oh my gosh, how could you even, I can't believe you even did this. Consider yourself, you lost, you lost a podcast follower. You lost, and I was like, bye, Felicia. Yeah, bye. I was like, did you listen though? Because bye. Yeah. And then- I would also get people who were totally apathetic, don't give a shit about politics, not even on their radar. And then there was people who were like, thank God, I had no idea how I was going to deal with Thanksgiving until mm -hmm. I listened to this podcast. Yeah. So if I was so consumed about the reception, about making all of those variables, all of those different people happy, I would have been spinning my wheels and not to mention that that's actually just not possible. Mm. You cannot make all of those people happy. So now my barometer of success is what was my intention? So immediately what I did is I went internal and I went, what was your intention with that podcast? Who were you being? How did you show up? Are you proud of the woman that you are? Is there anything that you would do differently in hindsight? And I looked at it and I went, no. And I am so proud of that podcast. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I would change about it. So then I got to say, okay, you don't like it? Bye. Perfect. Because mm -hmm. I also don't like your perspective. <laughs> so that, that works out really, yeah. really symbiotically. And, um, and then it really also underlines the fact that the people who who I'm here to serve are like-minded and open-minded and it further solidifies my tribe and who I'm here to work with. Mm -hmm. But it's a perfect example of if you are so concerned about, I am only valuable if this person approves of me, you will be doing that for your fucking life. Yeah. It never stops. You have to change and go internal. So there's two things, how you identify and then stepping into this idea of 
you are responsible for your intention, Mm -hmm. not your reception. And you need to have that around you somewhere. So (laughs) exactly. And to, you know, maybe journal around it and say like, where am I so attached to the reception in my life Mm. and get more in tune with your intention. So I guess this could be number three. Number three is a question is, is truly a question I turn to all the time, especially when I'm highly invested in the the reception is I will say, how do I need to show up today in Mm. order to be proud of the woman that I am? How do I need to conduct myself? And that gets me rooted in what Amy thinks, yeah. not what everybody else fucking thinks. Yeah. F- like preach. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, it's, it's so funny. Cause as you were talking about, um, as you were talking about that, like I am definitely a recovering people pleaser and it's, it's something that I have shed most of it, but there are moments when it comes out to play. And I had this moment last, or no, it was two weeks ago where I was, I posted something on my Instagram and I'm very like body positive. It's all about, you know, embracing where you're at. Um, but also like finding your strength. Cause I'm a freaking obsessed with strength training. And I just think it has allowed me to embrace my courage and show up as my true self in ways I never thought I could. Um, and I, it was a post, like I was, you know, I was in, in a sports bra and I was talking about like my, my strength and my entire post was all about finding inner strength that had nothing to do with external factors or anything like that. And I had, I, I got two personal messages in my, in my DMS from women who clearly hadn't read what I, what I wrote. And I had like hashtagged like a, something from the body positive movement or whatever, And they both like chewed me out for like probably two paragraphs about how I'm not representing of the body positive movement because I'm too small um, to be able to whatever, like be a part of that. And that, um, you know, it's not, it should never be about the way you look. It's always about, you know, how you feel in your body and like embracing where you're at and all this stuff. And I, I very, very, like I had a moment where I just sort of said, okay, like that really got to me. And I almost went into my, my old school people pleasing tendencies where I was going to, I almost took the post down because I had this moment of, Oh, like I wasn't trying to do this. And I, I didn't Mm -hmm. mean to make them feel this way. And then I gut checked myself because of all the tools I've been implementing. And I went, no, 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 your intention for this was exactly as it is. And it's not up to me to share or show how somebody else, like that's their perception. Their interpretation is on them, not on me. And so I very politely responded and I said, you know, maybe you should read the rest of the post, um, you know, in order to actually understand what I was saying. And I'm sorry that this negatively impacted your day in any way. And then I just released it. Um, but it's so crazy. Like two years ago, I would have probably been a hot ass mess, and yep. just internalize that and, and, and then like not talked about it ever again. So mm-hmm. I just think that the intention aspect of that is so key. And I feel like you've obviously bombarded that into my brain without me even realizing it. So, <laughs> well, so here's, the, here's the other thing about that. I love that story. That's such a great example of when the opposition really does hurt. Mm. So that's another piece to really understand is when you don't get that job that you applied for or when 
somebody does say, no, you're not qualified or no, I don't want to continue dating you or you actually get rejected or criticized, Mm -hmm. that will always, and I want it to, (laughs) always feel shitty. Yeah. That's it. And that's the thing is it's very primitive. We just don't want to feel uncomfortable. So that's why we turn to people pleasing, Mm. right? We turn to how can I make this pain stop as quick as possible instead of recognizing like, oh, I'm just human because there's legitimate negative energy that's coming towards me. Of course that hurts. And the reason why that's so important to feel and to allow is because when we allow room for the pain and the sadness and the embarrassment and the shame, we also heighten our capacity to feel the other end of the spectrum, Mm. happiness, joy, ecstasy, intimacy. That's why it's critical to be with those uncomfortable emotions, but everything in our society tells us not to. Everything. Yeah. I'm all about feeling the feels. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important. It's what I teach all my clients too. It's like you have, you have to go through that so that you can come out the other side and grow from it because otherwise you're just going to stay exactly where you are if you're, if you're not right. allowing yourself to navigate through it. So yeah, that's awesome. Okay. I know that we, you touched on this a little bit when you started your story, but talking about, you know, feeling like you lived so much of your life motivated by like guilt and fear. Um, and now you've obviously moved into a place where you're like hella speaking your truth every day. So (laughs) how did you do that? And, and what do you teach your, your students on, on how to get, get out of a situation, you know, and really be able to like stand up for themselves. Like you said, when they're feeling so guilty or so scared of what, what the outcome will be from, from a situation like that. Yeah. Well, gosh, my journey was extremely long (laughs) and I, you know, the way that I present myself now and the tools that I use now are really the product of conditioning a specific set of tools for 10 years. Mm -hmm. So when you hear this podcast and you go, damn, I could never get to that. Yes, you can. Yeah. Because this was not overnight. This was a conscious decision of if I have to choose between other people approving of me or me approving of me, I choose me. Mm. So a lot of this was related to my relationship with my mom. So when my dad passed away in 07, it almost became like, I felt like it was a more of an even trade. So instead of me going up against two people who believe something different th- differently than me, here I was only dealing with my mom. Mm. And at the very beginning of it, I was extremely combative. So I would start speaking up for myself, but it was very biting. It was very cruel and acerbic. And I kind of went through that phase to realize like, okay, wait a minute. I can actually give voice to a difference of opinion, stances, and beliefs from a place of grace and kindness. And you know, that really is kind of one of the pillars of yeah. my message now is you can speak up for yourself and do it with kindness and grace. You don't have to be a dick. Mm. So I think that there's a a piece of that, of dismantling that fallacy, especially kind of in our culture, we applaud the masculine woman, right? Mm -hmm. Or this idea that in order, what? Hands raised, totally me. And, And I say that kind of in a generic sense, right? Like we think that we buy into this idea that in order to be a successful woman, 
in corporate America, you must be masculine. You have to be aggressive. You have to be um, take no prisoners kind of attitude. Mm -hmm. And then we have that same sort of thought process in our households that we think, here's my options. I, I either become extremely adversarial and become kind of a bitch in my relationships, or I become a doormat. Mm. I become that consummate people pleaser. Mm. And so my work is all around, no, you can speak up, you can be assertive, and you can be super compassionate and kind and loving and graceful. And so a lot of you know what I teach is around, what does that actually sound like? Um, so I think to answer your question, a lot of where I start with students is just dismantling that negative belief mm. that in order to speak up, I have to be mean. One of the other pieces of it is if I speak up, I'm purposely hurting somebody. I'm mm. actually inflicting pain. For example, my mom would routine, routinely continue to invite me to church. And I find, I find that highly offensive. The doctrine that she's drives to is something that I find um, <laughs> morally reprehensible in, yeah. for my life. Yeah. However, I want to be respected for my completely polarized belief from her. Mm. So if that's the case, then I need to show up and be really compassionate and respectful of what she believes. So she had asked me if I would go to, you know, would you want to come to church? And I, so I applauded her for the invite because that was coming from a kind intention. So I said, I really appreciate you thinking of me and thank you so much for the invite. But as you know, I actually find that pretty offensive and it's not something that I want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to politely decline. And I said it exactly like that. Yeah. Now, days you know, or years before that, I would have been like, are you kidding me? I don't give you books on astrology. Yeah. What, you know, and like... <laughs> get all pissed off. Right. Yeah. Instead, I realized like, I don't need to go into that, you know? And there was this really beautiful time. It was probably about a year ago where he was coming to me, handle, handing, uh, handing me like this giant pile of shit, basically guilt. Like here's all this guilt trying to tell me that my belief system or the ways that I feel about things just break her heart. Mm. Just break her heart. And I said, Mom, it goes both ways. You know, like yeah. I also have to grapple with what you've done politically, with your viewpoints about right and wrong. And that also breaks my heart. And I know that it's not your responsibility to make me happy. It's mm -hmm. my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of told her, like, if you are going to carry the burden of my soul, I'm going to allow that to be yours. That is not going to be something I fret over. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's kind of been having that same conversation over and over again and just not allowing myself to wallow in the guilt. And I have a very strong stance on guilt. I don't know if that's where you want to go, but yeah, I have. Hell yeah, let's dive in. Okay. So I've got thoughts on guilt because... <laughs> So two things I want you guys to stop saying is I want you to stop saying, I feel bad, but I feel mm. bad, right? Like we all do that when we can't go to the party or we can't help somebody out with something. Mm -hmm. Stop saying I feel bad and stop saying I feel guilty. It's an incorrect moniker of the emotion that you are feeling. Here's what I mean by that. Guilt is an emotion that we receive 
in order to redirect poor behavior. So if you slap somebody or you were actually a bitch and you were actually malicious, then yeah, you should feel guilt. That's what guilt is intended. It's to go, hey, Amanda, that was shitty. You need to clean up your mess, (laughs) right? However, we allow ourselves to define guilt as feeling bad for something simply when somebody wants something of us that we can't provide. Mm. The deal with guilt is you do not get to feel guilt unless you have actually done something wrong according to you, Mm. not according to them. So in those situations with my mom, so many mic drops, (laughs) (laughs) holy shit. So for instance, with my mom, I could feel guilty, like, oh my gosh, I feel bad. I have to tell her I'm not going to go to church and oh, 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 because it is wrong according to her. Mm. Have I done anything wrong according to Amy? Absolutely not. I'm proud of the way that I spoke up. I'm proud of the delivery and the cadence and the tone of voice that is paramount. Mm. How will you express yourself? There's nothing I would reroute. There is nothing I would do differently. So in that case, it is not guilt that I am feeling. Most of the time, what you are feeling is just straight up uncomfortable. Yeah. You are uncomfortable with somebody wanting something of you, of you that you don't want to give. Mm. You might, it might be something that you do want to give. Like you do want to go to their party, but you're not available. Yeah. You don't feel guilty. You don't feel bad. You feel empathy. You feel compassion. Mm. You feel caring or loving towards that person. Let's start calling it what it is. You not being available to help somebody move or not being available to go to their party does not warrant guilt. You have not done anything wrong. Mm. So stop saying that. Hell (laughs) fucking yes. (laughs) That's another piece of the people pleasing. What you are saying is I am responsible for that person's happiness. Mm The only way I can be free of this guilt is if that person is happy. Mm. And as we have said, that is a fucking rat race because you cannot please all of the people all of the time. So change it to what do I need to feel proud of me? And then again, you've got to sit in the uncomfortable receptivity. When mom does not like that you don't want to go to church with her or when your friends who you love to go out and party with don't like that. Now you care about health and fitness mm-hmm. like that. Kind, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in those moments, it's not guilt. It's, I feel empathy. I feel compassion. I feel longing. I feel like I want to connect with them and we're at an impasse. You have not done anything wrong. So stop saying that. Yeah. I, oh my gosh. So many snaps, like snaps, claps, <laughs> all the things we're legally blonde now. Um, for real though. <laughs> I, this is just so, so juicy, you guys. Um, so, so make sure you do this work and think about this for real hard on like where you're feeling guilty in your life right now. Um, and, and, and shift, shift the conversation. Um, you, you just hit such a, a, a mark in me that I didn't experience, expect to experience, but I have been oh. feeling, um, very, um, I, I will say uncomfortable. I have been yeah. feeling uncomfortable, um, with, certain interactions that I've been having with, with my in-laws, um, because they are also very similar to your family. Um, and my, my husband's kind of the black sheep of his family and is, is hella on the other side of the spectrum. Um, and it, it makes it, um, very, very challenging to, 
have conversations that don't make me want to blow a gasket. Um, and a couple of years ago, I just like full on blew up, blew up because I could not handle it anymore. And, and I've, I've definitely adjusted my approach and I have knowledge, I've acknowledged that it's not just on them. It's also on me, which I think was a big realization for myself. But beyond that, Lately, we've been, um, you know, every time we, we see his family, his mom in particular, um, always brings up the, the, the subject of kids and uh-huh. we are very young and also dealing with some, some personal health stuff, which I've talked about on this podcast already. So you guys kind of know, but I haven't really gone into full details and when we're ready to, to reveal all that we will, but you know, we're in this place right now where like a lot of our perception of what potentially might be in the future from a kid's perspective, which at, you know, like we hadn't even, we weren't even sure if we wanted kids. And if we did, it was going to be only one kind of a thing. Um, and now we're not even sure if that's happening or possible, or if that's what we want. And like, I know that that will make her feel like a, a, a direct stab to her heart. Like that's what she wants. She wants grandbabies. And every time I genuinely respond by saying, you know, like the answer is not right now. And I would really appreciate it if you didn't ask, because if, and when that day comes, we will obviously tell you, but in the meantime, like it doesn't need to be brought up or discussed. Um, and yet it still continues, you know? So it's one of those things where, um, it's very interesting um, to navigate and, and and it's hard to not then feel like, oh, am I wrong for not wanting this or wrong for not prepping for this right now in my life? Um, and I know that like, you know, having kids is such a, is such a touchy subject, but you all know I'm all about talking about touchy subjects on here. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know that yeah. this is something that you have briefly mentioned on your pod. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be open to sharing your, your thoughts and stance? Cool. Yeah, I think I've done, I've done two podcasts specifically about why we don't want kids. And I've written an article about it as well. And I've also talked about how to teach personal development to kids and Mm -hmm. how we worship children, childology these days. And so I'm, I'm very open about it. Here's my thoughts. I find it wildly offensive that anybody wants to make something like that, that is seriously a life sentence about them. Like, yeah. how dare she make that about her? That, yeah. That's my perspective. Yeah. Do I understand that it's cultural and it's part of it. And it's this amazing process, typically in your fifties, sixties and seventies to be a grandparent. Great. And it's not your uterus. It's not your life. I believe that there are multiple ways for us to be fulfilled as people. And I think children are one avenue. I think for a lot of people, it is one of the most rewarding, rich experiences, but mm-hmm. it is a massive trade-off, yeah. right? When you say yes to children, you say no to a shit ton of other things. And that is for your entire life. So somebody making it be for their pleasure <laughs> is unbelievably selfish in my opinion. So Here's the other thing that I want to underline is, and and vice versa. I've also heard from plenty of people who want to have children and everybody else kind of ridicules them about it. I don't Mm. think that's quite as common, but the bottom line is what you want for your life matters. It's like somebody else telling you, here's, here's all the tattoos you need to get. It's like for a lifetime. No, no, no. You don't get to tell me what tattoos I put on my body, right? It's offensive. Yeah. So I think that what it comes down to 
this is something else that I say all the time is that just because somebody asks you a question does not mean you need to answer it. Mm. And it also does not mean that you have to over explain your stance. You can shut that shit down. You can say, please know it is not my intention to hurt you or to make things awkward, but that is not something that I'm willing to discuss any longer. I truly hope you can understand Mm. and shut that shit down. Um, And that that goes for anything, people wanting to talk about politics and you don't want to, Mm -hmm. or people making comments about your body and you do not want that to happen, or asking you about stuff that you feel uncomfortable answering. You get to say, you know what? I'm actually not comfortable discussing that. I hope you can understand. You can Mm -hmm. say just that. Yeah. You know? No, it's so true. And I think... I think we always feel as, as recovering people pleasers, we always feel like we need to, yeah, justify ourselves, justify our our answers and our reasoning. It's like, no, if somebody invites you to a party and you don't want to go, you can just say, you know what? I can't be there, but have a great time. Like it's not, it's not because I have this thing and, and, and I I promised this person I would, I'd go here or, uh, you know, I'm, it's like, no, you can legit just not do something because you're tired (laughs) and you don't have to tell them why. Because you don't. You don't like those people that much. It's not how you want to spend your evening or you'd rather wash your hair or watch Netflix or what. None of it matters. So another one of my favorite things that I say all the time is constantly putting everybody in front of yourself is poison disguised as nobility. Mm. We think we are doing something so noble and so great by giving them all of these excuses. And what we're doing is we're saying your wants and opinions are more important than my wants and opinions. And that is a massive statement to your self-worth. Yeah. So sometimes just shutting down that conversation or saying, no, I'm not available and not creating some giant story about why is a massive message that you matter. It's a self-worth booster, right? Yeah. So anyway, I talked more about what to do with those sorts of situations, but do you want to know more of my stance on children? No, no, no. I think that that's okay. helpful. I think... I think, I, I don't know. I was just curious. Cause I know, I, I feel like it's so, so much of what I see is like, you know, you just have the typical American dream and like, you know, get a nine to five and, and have a house and, and have two kids and a dog and Hey, you've made it. And, you know, I've clearly not gone on the, the typical path in terms of the nine to five between all my multi-passionate, you know, adventures. And, yeah. And also like my, my life has, has happened in a way that's been very untraditional. And I think it's just been something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Like I got married, we got married with ring pops at city hall two weeks after we realized that my visa was going to expire in six months because I'm from Canada. And then, you know, got engaged three months later because we had already picked out a ring, but it wasn't ready. And then got married a year later with our friends and family. Like we've done so many yep. things out of the box and got, I got married at 23, like very young, you know, yep. and I, I'm an entrepreneur, like not yeah. a typical quote unquote path. Yeah. Oh, Toby is also pissed about the entrepreneurship. Can you guys see Toby's like, ring pop. Toby's like, I want them, mom. I want them. But you know, it's just, it's really, it's our path has been so untraditional and a lot of it is our choice, but all, a lot of it has been just shit thrust upon us. And that's kind of the season we're in now too. And so I just think, I think I just wanted to wanted to preface this by saying like for all of you guys who have a non-traditional situation or are feeling stuck or 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 in put in a box because you feel like you have to take those paths like there is no have to in life. That's um, right. There is choice and you get to drive the car. Like don't yep. allow other people to to take over and make those decisions for you. Um and if you don't know what your thoughts are because you haven't taken the time to get to know yourself, like 
journal, like do whatever it, it is, or, or, you know, work with somebody that allows you to really pull those, those things out, work with Amy, you know, like that allows you to really be able to, to, to ask yourself the hard questions that give you the answers that you need to be able to thrive in your life. Like that has been the greatest gift I have given myself the last two and a half years and, and is the reason why I stand so firmly and where I'm at. And I is probably a huge part of why you are where you're at too. So I just, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think, I think what you talked about is so incredibly important because what I see a lot, because I tend to work with a little bit of an older crowd, Mm -hmm. um, that they get to that place in their forties and fifties and they've done all the box checking. Mm -hmm. They have done the house and the kids and their career. And they're like, why the fuck am I not happy? And I'll tell you why we are designed by to pursue either pleasure or avoid pain. Like those are our two primary human drivers, right? Mm -hmm. So we are always in hot pursuit of something that we think will give us pleasure. So our society says, you'll be happy if you have the, you know, the kids, if the house, the da, 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 da. But what we don't lean into is our visceral knowing, like our intuition. For me, I knew that I was not wired for parenthood. I have never, ever had the feeling. And I've had, um, I had a friend of mine who would always say, I'm not opposed to kids, but I am definitely waiting for the feeling. I'm not going to do it mm. just because of some sort of societal obligation, which is incredibly archaic. Yeah. But I'm, if I get the feeling, I'll go for the feeling. And what that is, is intuition. That's mm. knowing yourself, right? That's why people um, come out of the club. That's why people are able to uh, identify as being gender nonconforming or being transgendered, mm. or it's because we go, wait a minute, I need to acknowledge that something isn't right about the social norm, about the expectation. And instead of listening to every other motherfucker, I need mm. to start listening to myself Hell and going, yes. no, I don't thrive from caretaking. I never have. I mm. do not want to wipe asses. I don't want to care about <laughs> school districts. And if somebody else does knock yourself out, that's what you've got to do is listen to your intuition. My best friend is like the ache that I had to have kids was unbearable. Like I wanted them with every fiber of my being. So I'm like, fuck yes, honor that, go for that, Mm. do what feels amazing to you. But we don't do that. We go, what is expected? And so I think the sooner you can shift that narrative, the sooner you start living a life of your legit pleasure, like Mm. what brings you fulfillment and happiness? Hell yes. Fuck yes. (laughs) Oh, love that so much. And, and I just feel like, I feel like I could talk to you about this for so long because I just, I feel like we're so on the same page, which is so great. But you guys like it's, it's everything that, that Amy has talked about today and these tools, like they are tools that I have personally implemented in my own life. And I, I swear by like they work, like listen to our podcast, like implement what you are, are listening to right now. Um, and it will make a shift. It's not going to happen. Like she said overnight, like it takes fucking time. Like you're not going to magically be this like guru, self-care, beautiful human. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's hard. Um, but if you work on it, small things every day, and if there's one section you go, okay, guilt is something I'm really struggling with or people pleasing and not setting boundaries is something I'm really struggling. Find one thing from our conversation today and take action on them, right? Like if you're just listening and not actually implementing in your life, you're not going to grow. So take action and, and, and move forward and, and kick ass along the way. So thank you for sharing all of those tools. We're going to end things off with some fun, fun, silly questions. So you ready for okay. the first one? Okay. 
Yeah. What's your spirit animal and why? Um, I don't really have one. Okay. I don't really have one. And I also, okay. Due to political conversations that I have had mm. online, there have been some, some people that have brought that to my attention that the term spirit animal may be offensive to some. I have been thinking about this lately too. So I'm actually yeah. glad you brought this up. Yeah. So I used to say that very flippantly. And mm-hmm. so what I, what I kind of think now is when somebody tells me something is offensive to their culture, it's to just listen. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that was something that came up from having that quote somewhere on a, on a retreat that some friends and I were hosting. And I kind of went, Oh my God, I never would have thought that. So I kind of went, okay, it's not up to me to go, that's wrong. It's up to me to just listen and go tell me more about that. Mm. Um, so I don't have one. <laughs> I love it. Great answer. Okay. So are you a Harry Potter fan? No. Okay. Never mind. I was going to ask you what your Patronus would be, but since no, you're not a Harry Potter I fan, never got into it. I think it's a little too, um, I think it's a little too old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that makes sense. I grew up with Harry Potter. Um, like he was the same age as I, as the books were coming out as I was. And so oh. it was just this like magical experience for me of going through the whole process and feeling like I was kind of there, you know, and experiencing like the same kind of things I was in my own life, but like in, in Hogwarts. So, okay. But great answer. I love that. And and honestly, like it's been something I've been thinking a lot too, because the word tribe is something that's been brought to my attention lately by one of my, one of my clients oh, actually, um, and she goes, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with that word because I have um, I have friends who who find it to be, you know, not just culturally inappropriate to be used the way it is. Like it's very, very used in the personal development world, you know, like find your tribe, love them hard, all of these things. And it's just gotten me really thinking about how we as white, you know, yep. women who are very privileged um, have you know, adopted these things without thinking about it. And, and just to get curious about hearing those things. And instead of reacting with what you think, you know, like truly listening and hearing, okay, yeah, that's your truth. So that must be the truth instead of it just, you know, rubbing it off and just doing whatever you want. So that's right. I've been thinking a lot about that. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Best date you and Mr. Smith have ever been on and, and, and tell us about it. Best date? Best date ever. I date my husband so much that I, I feel like there's so many. And I have so many days where I'm like, gosh, this was the best date ever. And I don't know if I can pinpoint anything off the top of my head, but one of my favorite, favorite things that we do, we call it Artisan Night. And we go to Trader Joe's and we get all of these like gourmet cheeses and olive tapenade and, you know, like breads and jams and jellies. And we basically eat cheese for dinner and we have wine and it's just one of my absolute favorite things to do with him. so nice. Um, Yeah, I don't have anything like that really stands out as, because we date every single week and, um, 
<laughs> no, but you know what? I think that's that's so great because like when I was thinking about what I would answer, it's like we go to, we do picnics and go to this um this dog preserve, which is thirty minutes outside of Chicago, and it's enclosed and it's just an area for dogs to be able to like run off leash and it you don't feel like you're in the city. You're surrounded by trees and there's this beautiful pond, and like my favorite thing to do with my husband, Kevin is to go up there on Sundays and we will take like a little mini picnic and we'll just spend however long we feel like up there and, and eat and have a picnic and watch Toby swim in the pond. And it's like my favorite thing to do. And it's so simple, but I think, I think that says so much about the foundation. You, I mean, obviously I'm obsessed with you guys, but I think you guys are couples goals for real. Um, but you know, like, I just think that says so much about the the foundation you guys have set, right. You just, you don't need anything crazy and elaborate in order to really have, have those connected moments, right. It's just about spending time together and doing things you both love. So I think that's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We can, we can be doing nothing and it's amazing. That's the <laughs> My husband calls those silent conversations. He's like, I've never been with somebody before or like when we first started dating, he's like, I've never been with somebody before in my whole life, any relationship, friend, anything where I can just sit in silence with someone and feel comfortable. And he's yeah. like, I feel that way with you. And it's so crazy. And so ever since then, he's called them silent conversations. And I just think it's the cutest thing on the planet. <laughs> oh, I love that. We have, we have the thing where like, we just don't get sick of each other. And I mean, we've been together for 21 years and we've been married for almost 19, I guess it is. And we'll still be like, what, what room are you going to be in? I just want to be near you and we'll both be working on different things, but we just want to be near each other's energy, you know? And yeah, that's happy. I know. I love that so much though. Like, oh, so beautiful. Okay. Um, if you could make a rule for a day and everyone had to follow it, what would it be? my first thought was speak kindly to themselves. Mm. Like everybody has to speak kindly to themselves or to everybody else. Like kindness. Oh my God. Gosh, there's so many. Cause now I'm thinking I would love for people to just really genuinely give themselves permission to feel their own emotions. Mm. Gosh, there's so many. I think yeah. I would go with the self-talk. I, I would go that. with the self-talk. Love that. Okay. And last question. What does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? To me, the first word that came up was authenticity. Mm. To, to just not vote or judge how you're wired, your natural dislikes or affinities, to just allow yourself to be who you are um, or even find out who you are. Mm. Um, but that informs every decision I make, every business venture. Every time my husband asks me where I want to go to dinner, like it's fucking authentic. It's not, well, wherever you want to go. It's like, no, no, no. Don't pick Thai. I don't want to go to Thai. You know, like I, yeah. that's, that's a fuck yes life is being authentic and, and mm. honoring what that looks like, you know, in every decision. Love that. Love that so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for coming on. I adore you to the moon. Can you let our listeners know how they can connect with you offline? Obviously all this will be in the show notes as well, but just give them the 411. Yeah. I pretty much hang out all over the interwebs. Usually the <laughs> handle is at the joint. So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I prefer to be. But the hub of all of my work is thejoyjunkie.com. And the workbook that you mentioned, you can grab there. You can find information about the podcast. I do that weekly as well. 
And yeah, I'd be super honored if, if anybody wanted to come and hang out. Hell yes. She also has an after hours Facebook community, which is bomb.com. She like does her Q and a slays on there every Thursday. So, <laughs> um, definitely all of that will be in the show notes for you guys. And, um, and yeah, go give her some love on Instagram. Say thank you for, for being amazing and have an awesome week, you guys. And thank you so, so much, Amy. You're the best. Oh, thank you. I had a great time. And there you have it. Thank you, Amy, so much for coming on the podcast and for all of the things that we talked about and everything in the show notes, make sure you check it out at www.amandacatherineloy, Catherine with a K, like kite.com forward slash podcast forward slash 20. And um, until next time, I will see you guys on the web. Make sure that you, again, say all of the fantastic things that you found from this episode in our community so we can touch base. Um, and make sure you shout out Amy on Instagram. All of her stuff is in the show notes um, and let her know um, how incredible she is. Um, and join her Facebook after hours group. It is such an incredible space and, um, and a really great way to stay in touch or start listening to her podcast as well um, because we can never get enough Soul Sista incredible time in our our day. And until next week, I will see you on the flip side. Love you guys so much. Bye-bye.